Hey you guys, it's the Shadow Shaman, and today I have a special opportunity for you guys. We have a guest who is coming on to talk about people-pleasing, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this, and I encourage that if you struggle with people-pleasing, that you really take this opportunity to sit down and listen to what this amazing person has to say. show today and you said you pronounce your name as Artemis is that right yes, or, I do. okay and what would you like to speak with us about today uh, one of the topics that are really really close to my heart right now and that I'm supporting a lot of clients with is being a people pleaser and being a people pleaser can also look like being a savior or a martyr and most of us who find ourselves either in coaching or the healing arts or some kind of support uh, work often come to it because we have a deep love for people. And sometimes the other side of that is that we also have stories and triggers about how we interact with people, which can end up not being for our personal highest good. And that's when we then fall into traps of becoming people pleasers or saviors and martyrs. So it's no longer about just offering what's authentic from our heart, but using that as part of playing out a story that comes from, mm -hmm. again, like our limiting beliefs or our, our uh, triggers. I love that. I actually get so many clients and people writing to me about people pleasing and that seems to be a really big one um what are some examples do you think that you could explain or um to kind of help somebody let's say maybe they don't realize they're a people pleaser what are things they could look for to see if they actually are okay so i do know this very personally for myself because i call myself a recovering people pleaser i know i've carried this for years <laughs> um and i think one thing to keep in mind is that any characteristic or any emotion can be what I call in the light, so it's serving us, or it could be in our shadow, so it's not serving us. Now, how a people pleaser can look to an outsider, it could look like, oh, aren't they so lovely? Aren't they always volunteering? Aren't they always so helpful to other people? So it's not even about that somebody else can see it. It's about how it feels for you when you say yes to something. So one of the things that I guide my clients is starting to recognize how that yes and no feels in their body. Because while the mind is excellent at making up all kinds of stories, the body doesn't lie. So if you are considering saying yes to something and then you know, your body starts to scrunch and you get that churn in your gut or that tightness in your throat, that's a pretty good indication that that yes isn't serving you. But if the yes comes from like a feeling of expansion, of like a relaxed, you know, being in your body and a full breath, then that's very likely that that yes is true for you. It serves you as well. So what this can look like, so I can use myself as an example. I was very much the person that said yes to everybody and everything, 
everybody in my life is like, oh, you're so helpful, you're so capable, you're always the first to put your hand up, and I was. Um, but some of that, and I realized afterwards, was. So much of my self-worth and self-identity was from how other people saw me. So if I was involved in a project and I was making myself useful, then I felt worthy because the other people in the project needed me. Or I would say yes because to say no to that person, what if I lost their love? What if I lost their uh, acceptance? What if I lost their friendship? So again, the yes wasn't an authentic yes for me, but it was a manipulation to keep that particular relationship the way I wanted it. So sometimes, you know, someone who's very giving, they can say yes because they genuinely want to do something. And that's wonderful. And even then, you know, we have to be aware of our boundaries and make sure we have time for self-care and making, you know, prioritizing ourselves. And other times we'll say yes, because, you know, we love the idea and we want to be helpful, but frankly, because we find it really hard to say no. And one of the biggest things that um, we need to do when we're trying to identify ourselves as a people pleaser and then move into the healing is to not make the other person the bad guy for asking us. So I have a lot of clients who will allow themselves to say yes if they can make the other person the bad guy. How dare they ask me for a discount? How dare they ask me to volunteer? Can't they see how busy I am? So they will shift the blame, they will shift the situation and the focus to the other person because they don't allow themselves to say yes and no from a place of free will rather than they can only say no in response to a negative person. And that's a really hard situation because sometimes the other person isn't in the wrong. People can ask anything they want. Yeah. You know, they have every right to ask for a discount. They have every right to ask you to volunteer. And you have every right to say no thank you without any explanation or justification. No thank you is a complete sentence. <laughs> I love that. I actually really love that. And the way you just said everything and how you explained it, I have never even thought of it from that perspective um and so thank you for that like that's something for me to um also look at in my own life um I know that people pleasing is something I used to struggle with really too and um it was always about uh being worried about hurting someone's feelings uh for me um but I didn't know my balance or boundaries and so I was always giving and then that would turn into resentment and bitterness and frustration what advice would you give to people who are struggling right now with this? Um, well, can and, I just, or how to overcome? What, you, what you pointed out there, the resentment, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. If you are saying yes to something and then it is somewhere in that linear line ending in, result, in resentment and anger and bitterness, that's your clearest alarm bell, exactly, Leslie, that that is not you're not respecting yourself, that that is a people-pleasing reaction. So that's really good. Um, what I feel works really hand-in-hand hand with becoming a recovering people-pleaser is standing in your self-loving boundaries. And I define it as self-loving 
because sometimes boundaries can look like I need to protect myself by attacking you. But to me, that's not the way because you are still shifting responsibility and direction. So a self-loving boundary is I say no to you in the most compassionate way because the no is authentic for me, but I'm not out to hurt you. I'm not out to teach you a lesson. I'm not out to prove to you how wrong I am, how right I am and how wrong you are. So anytime that we say yes, yes or no from a place of wanting to prove something to someone else, we've lost the connection to our authenticity. So sometimes when I'm working with clients who are starting to recognize when they're people pleasing and how to then extend it into saying an authentic no or an authentic yes, it's what about you wants to say no that has nothing to do with the other person. So it's not about no because I have 50 other things there because maybe without the 50 other things going on, you would still say no and that's perfectly okay, right? right? So your Mm -hmm. self-loving boundaries is about respecting what is your truth in this moment and then responding from compassion. Now, as you said, sometimes the, the fear of that and sometimes the reality of that is that we upset other people. They were depending on us. They think it's all lynches on us. They're so used to us saying yes. And that's perfectly okay. Because the more we own that we are responsible for our actions and emotions and choices, the more we can extend that to other people. That they are also responsible for their own actions and reactions. So if I'm standing in my self-loving boundaries and saying, no, thank you, I don't want to be involved in that, and the other person has a complete meltdown about it, I can have compassion towards them. I'm sorry they're going through that, but I don't have to take it on to me. I don't have to change my mind about taking on something that's not right for me or take on the blame of, I can't believe you did that, we were depending on you, etc. cetera. Uh, I mean, look, there's times in relationships and parenting <laughs> that yeah. we don't get to step away from that. So that's very real. Obviously, this is we're living the human life, so we need to be accountable for our responsibilities as people in certain situations and parents and partners. But that's different, you know. But even with parenting and and marriages and relationships, if we are people pleasing, again, we're not being authentic. You know, all of those relationships should be based on mutual compassion and respect. So. Um, as far as what to do for people who are struggling with that, the first thing is to um, start to recognize, you know, when you are building up the bitterness, when you are feeling resentful, when you are saying, I've done this, how come the other person isn't doing that? Because unless some kind of exchange has been agreed to beforehand, then a volunteering, I mean, volunteering, it should always fulfill you as well, whatever you're volunteering for but it doesn't create a contractual exchange unless that is something that was agreed to beforehand. So often people will say yes and do something because in their mind, it means the other person should do this other thing for them, even though it's never been discussed. And then the resentment and the bitterness comes. Or even people in business who have like a freebie or an opt-in and then they get really cranky that, all these people are using my freebie, but nobody's booking me for a paid service. It's like, okay, so there's that resentment. So what happens there is what I call it, it's, I call it dirty energy. 
you're not giving from a place of clear energy of wanting to serve. You're creating an expectation of return. So that expectation is what builds the resentment and the bitterness. So the first thing is just observe. When you say yes to something, how does it feel? And in your mind, what is the story? If you're doing this because you just want to serve and whatever happens from it is beautiful, that's a beautiful yes. That's a clear yes. If you're saying yes and in the back of your mind there's a story that if I do this, then that person's going to think this of me and that person's going to do this for me or it means that person's going to stay my friend longer or I'm going to be worthy because without it, who am I? So observation is the first thing. And then deep, deep compassion. I'm a huge believer that the way to authentic healing is compassion, not judgment. So I invite my clients to look at what they observe about themselves through compassionate curiosity. Instead of, oh my God, I can't believe I did that again. How stupid am I? You go, oh, look what I just agreed to. I wonder what that's about, right? So just be playful with it because... You know, all of these stories and triggers come from our little self, our, our child self. And that child self doesn't need to be blamed and shamed and shut down and, you know, pushed into a corner. That little child came up with these stories because she, at, that, at that time she had no other option. She had no healthier way of dealing with whatever she was facing. So she's come up with these stories of how we get people to like us by always saying yes. You know, and we feel secure by making ourselves integral to stuff that we don't even care about, right? So the, she's come up with these stories. Now imagine for a little child, how amazing is she to come up with those stories to keep herself safe? So then us as an adult self, an empowered adult, actively choosing to heal our life, we can then look at that little child and go, I'll keep you safe. Tell me, what is your worries? So first you observe what's going on, then you bring the compassion into it, and then make friends with your little child self. Ask her, what is she trying to protect you from? What does she think is gonna happen if we say, if we say no? What's, what is she so scared of? And then use that as a place to you know, heal and move and integrate from. You know, step at a time, because this stuff can feel very shaky to start with, and you know, reasonably it's it, you know I'm 50 years old and there's layers of stuff that I have built to protect myself so even now and I've been doing this kind of work for about 20 years in different ways and even now you know yesterday something happened and I can hear the little voices starting to talk and my because I was really physically tired I'm, I'm doing a cleanse which is always a challenging time to yeah. <laughs> do mental work as well and I'm like oh okay you know what I'm feeling tired that's where that reaction is coming from I wonder what this what is this little worry okay let's sit with that so I journaled with that and there were some really insightful things that little child self me had to offer and then I left that space I'm like okay so I didn't have to carry it like before I would have carried it for weeks and months I was a master storyteller <laughs> of how all this stuff was going to happen. I was going to write movie scripts about it. So now I can more transform it within a few minutes because, you know, I've gotten to that place of trusting myself. And that's ultimately where this journey takes you to, is trusting yourself to say an authentic yes and let that go 
and say an authentic no, no and let that go. And that the more <clears throat> I make sure that how I communicate with people is from compassion, then I could hold space and allow anybody else to react to me however they need to. And I accept that that's their journey. And then through that, step by step, transform your life. <laughs> I love that. And I can really hear the passion in your voice. Like I can tell that this is something that it has been important to you and life-changing to you. And I can feel, and, and I'm seeing you right now, and I know our guests can't, but I can see this glow to you and you have such a beautiful uh radiant healing type of energy um and it just makes me want to i could sit with you all day and talk to you about this um what what would you say is kind of like the rewards that one experiences once they're able to kind of cross this hump and and start really coming from an authentic place where they're not people pleasing so much Brilliant question. And by the way, Leslie, I do love that. I can see your face while we're talking. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, the reward isn't something I could have even expected when I started this because it wouldn't have made sense. But being where I am now, there is this... A friend of mine described me the other day as, um, you're like a warm, bubbly drink in my tummy. You always make me feel happy to be around you. And the thing is, I'm not always a, quote, happy person. You know, I live a human life. I have two children. I run a business. I have a husband. You know, I have friends. Things happen. You hear things in the news. You have a word with your partner. You know, stuff happens. But what I found on this side of having gone through this journey for myself is I come back to my center with so much more ease and so much quicker. I have so much more kindness and compassion to everybody else because I have it for myself. So I used to be a perfectionist. I was a people pleaser. I was incredibly layers of shame, blame, obligation ran my life. And it wasn't even until I had my kids 14 years ago that I realized how, you know, and 14 years ago, I had already been doing this stuff for a good 10, 15, 10 years, right? But I had my kids and I decided to be a stay-at-home mom and all of my facades came crashing down. I had no idea how much externally derived who I thought was until I took all the externals out and it all came crashing on me. And I actually had what they call high-functioning depression, which means most people didn't know what was going on with me, but I was in a really low place from a solid five years. And then it took me a couple more years to gently work my way out. And my way out of it was through this work. And part of the problem was that I wouldn't, I was so <laughs> hard headed at recognizing my own pain because I'm like, I've lived a really blessed life. Why the hell am I so fucked up? Why am I so angry all the time? You know, like even making myself wrong for being angry and upset. How dare you have depression? What's wrong with you, right? That was the internal dialogue for a long time. And I can tell you honestly, the, the very times where I almost just said, I can't do this. The only thing that kept me going was my kids. I didn't want to orphan them, you know? So they, they gave me the reason that I couldn't find that reason in myself because I didn't love myself. I didn't even like myself, right? And 
staying with it and then I realized that the closer the more I had put myself on the spiritual journey that's where I was finding my little bits of lightness that little bits of hope because I think I recognize now in hindsight that's when I was connecting to my soul I was so shattered at a soul level I had no sense of myself no sense of what it felt like to be in equilibrium with myself so I can tell you that the other side of it is a deep trust in myself the world can throw anything at me and I know I'll be okay and if I'm okay I know I can take care of my loved ones so the peace the ability to think clearly to come up with ideas because I'm not just literally surviving from moment to moment but I'm safe in my lifeboat if you want to call it so whatever happens around me I can feel into it and go okay well that is something that I need to heal or something that no that's not got nothing to do with me so the reward sweetheart is an incredible peace an incredible joy for life regardless of what's going on around you um, I am not the social butterfly I used to be and I realized I actually was never a social butterfly. It was just, I didn't like being in my own company. So I was always around other people. But now I like my own company and I love genuine connection with other people. So I'm happy with either. Um, you know, part of it is also realizing that it wasn't like total crap for five years and now bliss. You know, every step on the path brought its own relief, its own joy, its own aha moment. And, and I'll tell you the funny thing with this, Leslie, is I, I've always been much more comfortable in the shadow and the dark, darker kind of ideas. And I used to fight the idea of light because I used to go, it's just like unicorn and fluffy bunny shit. That'd be so boring <laughs> because I was so addicted to the drama. You know, the drama was what kept things exciting for me. If I had a good relationship, I would mess it up. If I was having a good friendship, I would create drama because I was so addicted to the, I suppose, the rush of being in the conflict as a way of never having to deal with myself that as soon as somebody truly loved me, I would mess it up. As soon as my life started kind of finding some kind of peace, I would mess it up. How dare these people love me? I'm not lovable. How dare life be easy? I don't deserve that. And it was all coming from a place of, I don't deserve love. I don't deserve peace. And that life fluffy bunny shit is going to be so boring anyway. I can tell you now, I revel in the life fluffy bunny shit. And it is so cool. <laughs> but I also love shadow. To me, it is all shadow and light. My challenges and my strengths. My gifts and my flaws. I love all of that within me. And, you know, and 10 years ago, I wouldn't have believed anybody if they told me that was possible. <laughs> so that, that is what I love to put into the world. That is what I love to, you know, hold space with for my friends and my clients and people online, like in your fantastic group, is just that I know what it feels like to be in the abyss and I know what it feels like to be here. And neither of them are what I could have ever described to anybody before. Because, you know, everybody's experience is quite, quite unique. But yeah, the, the gift of it, the result of it, the promise of it is just that, oh, 
the out breath. That's just mm-hmm. you know you're okay regardless of whatever is going on, and that yeah, that trust I think is what really broke that apart for me was tapping into and working on my self trust. Yeah, I love that. I do. Thank you so much for sharing this. Um, so for people who would want to work with you or contact you, how would they do that? Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you offer? I'd love to. Thanks, Leslie. So I am a clarity coach. And what I do through spiritual growth and personal development work is I hold the space for my clients to connect to their inner wisdom, their inner truth. So I'm not about giving anybody answers. I'm giving you the space to find your own answers because I want people to be able to do, you know, connect to their deeper truth way beyond after they've finished working with me. You know, I, I, the tagline on my website is you are the only guru you need. And I think society has for a long time trained us to look to the expert and give our power away to the authority and follow that guru. And The problem with that is it's really trained us out of listening to our own deeper truth, our intuition. So for me, it's like, this is the death and you know, the death of the era of the guru. You are the only guru you need. Your truth is the only thing that matters for you. So I work with clients to primarily, it always goes through the filter of connecting to their intuition, which I know you did a beautiful podcast on. And through your intuition, you also hone your discernment. And your discernment is not just about making what looks like a good decision, because as we've talked about in people pleasing, you can say yes, and it looks good to other people, but it could be a cost to you. So having a strong sense of discernment is being able to filter through all the information and go with what feels right for me. So being able to recognize my truth. So I find intuition and discernment are a beautiful feedback loop because the more you connect to your intuition the stronger your personal discernment about what's right for you and the more you action that the stronger your intuition will connect to you and then it just becomes a normal way that you process the world you know you don't have to step into your intuition like it's a separate thing it just becomes part of the beautiful way you think you know your logic your intuition your gut feeling everything becomes like a beautiful free flowing way of processing the world. So I, whether it's people in business, like sometimes what they come to me, it sounds like, oh, my marketing message isn't working or I'm not attracting the right kind of clients. But what that goes to is they haven't really figured out exactly who they are so that they can put that beautiful energy proudly into their business or private individuals who say they're having a lot of, um, trouble balancing or being a working mom and looking after the kids or someone who's got a lot of key decisions to make but they don't know which way to go again that goes back to until we know who we are it's very hard to find guidelines in our life to live with that feel good to us to feel authentic to us so that's the work I do on -on one-on-one coaching and I also do group coaching which I have a program starting next Tuesday. So I'm in Australia. (laughs) And on Tuesday, the 20th of April at 6pm, I'm starting a four week online course called a certain woman. I do work with men, but this program, this group program is for women only. 
And it is all about how to recognize the overwhelm, the limiting beliefs, the coping mechanisms, the stories, and how to recognize them, how to start integrating them, how to heal them, how to find out, you know, what, what are they creating and what, how do you create a better way of being, a healthier, happier way of being. And the, the thing that I have had asked, so I'll share it here, is um, I have a couple of friends said to me, is it just for beginners or is it for people who've been advanced? And I said, it's actually for anybody. Because if this is the first time you're doing any kind of personal development or spiritual growth work, then it'll take you a few steps in from wherever you are. And if you're someone who's done this for years, then it'll just take you deeper from where you are. Because um, the way I work and that what I believe is about the journey to personal awareness, it's not a 12 step process that you tick boxes. It's all about you, you know, honoring what's there for you and then taking the next step in the way that feels respectful for you. So if you're at step one, you go a couple of steps to step four, five, six, whatever feels right for you. And if you're at step 30, then you go to 35, 40, whatever feels right for you. So the beautiful work, the thing about spiritual work is it'll just take you into more of whatever you're ready to you know, process and heal and move forward with. So that's my course that starts next Tuesday in um, online. And so my website is called ArtemisK.com. I also have a Facebook business page and I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram. <laughs> so I'm on all the socials. And yeah, I, I love doing this. I love being part of this, I don't know, realm of people like right. yourself, who are doing this Community. work. And, and, you know, I just think it's amazing. There's such a, an interest and growth in this. And that to me, you know, not only as someone who works in this area, but as someone who has two tween children, well, one tween and one teen, you know, I'm excited about the world they're growing up in, where this kind of stuff gets spoken about where we yeah. talk about depression and anxiety and spirituality and the soul as much as at the dinner table, as much as we talk about Minecraft and memes, <laughs> right? So I love that this is such a part of everybody's reality, more people's reality. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on here. And I'm going to make sure to get your website link and anything else you have. I'm going to post it on the uh, video chat part so that people can just go straight there and click on it if they would like to. But thank you so much for coming on here, and I will be talking to you soon. Thank you, Leslie. I really enjoyed this. You're wonderful. All right. Thank you. Bye. I don't know about you guys, but her insight was pretty amazing. Um, there was just so much there in such a short amount of time that was already getting my mind just exploding with um, all types of scenarios and experiences and things that were just coming up for me, I know. And I think that's what I love so much about this podcast and this opportunity is that I am beginning to meet so many amazing people with some of the most beautiful stories and some of the most profound insights uh, to share. So I hope you really enjoyed this. And I know that we will be having many more guest speakers on this show. 
So I will see you guys this Friday on the episode over abandonment.